I'm going to the man cave. Going to the man cave. Going to the man cave. I'm going to the man cave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going to the man cave. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Man cave, man cave, man cave, man cave, man cave. Hello, I'm Kate Delaney. Welcome to Invade the Man Cave. I've invaded 780 so far and counting. Those caves were locker rooms like the Dallas Cowboys, the 49ers, Packers, the Yankees Clubhouse. The list is long. I used to fly with the boys. I cover the NFL and all things sports related on my NBC Sports radio show on the weekend. During the week, I've been in some green rooms as a keynote speaker that look like man caves with sounds like this going off in the background. I'm serious. Things we'll talk about on this show, sports, cigars, beer. Did I say beer? Fantasy football, men and women, golf. How many mulligans have you taken this year? Jobs and cool man caves and why my buddies are buying their significant others. In some cases, she sheds. On this show, some are jobs that are good for your mental health and those that are bad. Do you remember your first job? I worked in a famous donut shop that made me scoop up the vat of icing that had fallen on the floor to use again. Oh, we won't go there and I'm not naming the place. Coming up, Dr. John Huber on side hustle jobs and beer. Dan Classigens from Fantasy Fantastics on getting ready for your drafts. But first we go to T.O. I interviewed him right before he decided to stick it to the Hall of Fame and skip the Canton ceremonies. Was he right? Weigh in at invadethemancave.com. Just click on contact and let me know. Hey, first 10, get a free book. Sweet! Wow, thrilled to be joined right from the get-go by Terrell Owens. He's going to be inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame this summer, and he is on the cover of Madden Football. Pretty cool. Former NFL wide receiver superstar. T.O., thanks so much for coming on. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. So, I I mean, congratulations on the Hall of Fame. Uh, What... And I'm taking you back now, but you, you're going to be inducted in August. But I got to start there. Well, you know, you wanted to be in the Hall of Fame, and you were lobbying for it. And hey, I'm I'm your fan. I thought you should have been there right away. You definitely had the stats. When the moment finally happens, what was that feeling like for you? Um, I think you know, for myself personally, I think it was bittersweet. Um, you know, it wasn't so much of me lobbying, more so than me thinking that you know, what I had done throughout my the course of my career, it was earned, and uh, I don't think anything was, was ever given to me. And I think when you talk about, you know, the bylaws and the criteria in which guys are, 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 are nominated and ultimately uh, inducted to the Hall of Fame, those are the things that come into play um, in doing so. And so I think, you know, when you talk about the writers, they went outside the scope of that to prevent me from, you know, getting something that I rightfully uh, deserved and earned. And so, um, other than that, you know, my, the feeling when I got the call, as I just said, bittersweet, but at the end of the day, um, you know, I'm going to use, utilize, you know, uh, all these moments, uh, that I have to really give back to the people that sacrificed and, and really helped me get me, uh, to, to where I did on the football field. 
It's interesting, um, T.O., I was looking at your tweets today, and you had a tweet out, and you're talking about wanting to still play, of course, in the NFL, and you say, I know Jimmy G is going to need a big play receiver this year at some point. Let's make it happen. <laughs> Stay ready. And, of course, this is to John Lynch. You would love to jump back in there, too, right? Um, the thing is, I never really left the game, you know, under under – uh, my own terms, uh, understanding that I could, I could have still been playing the game. I think people that have, you know, seen, you know, see, have seen me um, within the last six months and the last few years or what have you. Um, I don't really, I'm really not too much off from uh, from where I my playing weight and 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 what I look like when I when I played. And so um, I play in a lot of basketball games. Uh, I'm always keeping myself busy. I, I stay active. Um, everybody's always marvel marveling at at how great shape I'm in and how active I am. And so um, it's, it's, it's a no-brainer that, uh, that I can still play the game. It's just a matter of being, you know, put in a position or given an opportunity. So, again, I understand the detractors out there that say, oh, well, he's this age, blah, 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 blah. But people said that when I was 35, 36, 37. Um, again, like I said, you, you think about what LeBron James is doing at the stage and the height of his career. Uh, nobody would ever would have thought that he would be playing the way he did but he has the opportunity to display and show that. You think about what Tom Brady is doing um, at the age that he that he's playing. Um, so again, it's it's not out of the realms of possibility, and it's not unheard of. Um, again, like I said, for myself, I know I still can play the game. Yeah, when you talk about um, you know playing hoop and being in great shape, which you are, are you a part of that crew where there's a lot of NX? And uh, NFLers, ex NFLers, and current guys that uh, play in a lot of these pickup games is. Are you playing with a lot of names that we would know? Um, I play with more more basketball players. I mean, the the, the rumor is a lot of a lot of football players can't play basketball. Uh, I would probably be the exception to 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 that statement. Um, um, I played college. I played basketball in college. I played. Uh, I played in a bunch of. Uh, number of basketball leagues uh, around the L.A. area where you had guys that have either played uh, pro, uh, semi-pro, uh, played overseas, uh, have some level uh, of uh, basketball experience. So I don't just play just around just with, uh, you know, guys that are just running in, you know, coming into the gym playing pickup basketball. Uh, these are guys that are very, very skilled at the position. So um, I do play with, uh, like I said, a lot of, a lot of uh, experienced basketball players, not just football players. All right, love it. The cover of Madden Football, I mentioned that. What was that like for you? Um, it was a great opportunity that, that they came about. And so, um, you know, I'm very fortunate and thankful, uh, you know, for EA for, you know, obviously giving me the opportunity and putting me in consideration, number one, to, to be on the cover. Um, so, like I said, I, I, I'm very excited about, you know, uh, it coming out in August. Uh, I've gotten a lot of love and a lot of great feedback um, from once I, you know, everybody realized that I was going to be back on the cover. Um, even leading up to that, you know, being part of the creative content um, to, to, provide, to provide some of the excitement, you know, with the videos and things of that nature. Because, again, I've always kept myself in shape, have been working out with a couple of guys, few guys, um, getting ready for the upcoming season, football season. So uh, it's just, you know, part of what I do on an everyday basis, uh, just part of my lifestyle, just trying to stay active. And um, I'm still able to move around like I am um, at my age. And so, uh, again, it, 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 it helped uh, facilitate what we were trying to pull off uh, with, with, the, with the excitement and, and, uh, of, of the EA, EA um, Madden games. 
Yeah, good for you. And I know you're promoting CelebrityFanBand.com. Tell us about that. Oh, yeah. that's uh, I've partnered with uh, Celebrity Brand Builders, and, and what that does is really it's a, it's a new tech product where it enables you to really kind of gain access to, uh, just, just say, for instance, you know, you're a big fan of Odell Beckham Jr. You can, you know, you can create a, uh, Odell can create a band um, from throughout, through a uh, select band band. Uh, you're able to access anything that he has uh, going on. And just for myself, I have a Hall of Fame band. I'm going to have uh, fan bands that are uh, color-coded with the teams that I played for, uh, for all my fans that are out there um, that still want to support me. Um, again, you download the uh, the app, and it'll pretty much uh, give you all the information as to how to set it up. Um, but again, it, for me, it'll give you direct access to any and everything that I have going on. So I have uh, I have uh, a crew that is going to be documenting uh, my road to the Hall of Fame. I'm going to be given a trip uh, for two to see me get inducted. Uh, so uh, it's really, like I said, it's a it's a, it's a great product. Um, gives you direct access, exclusive content to not only, like I said, your fan or anybody else that uh, that you're you're a big fan of. Yeah, and you mentioned you, you, the band will have the different teams that you played for. So when you get in the Hall of Fame, somebody you know does the introduction. Who's that going to be for you? Uh, that'll be George Stewart. Uh, George Stewart was uh, he was a special team coach uh, my first three years uh, uh, with the San Francisco 49ers. And uh, once they made some coaching changes, he became the receiver coach uh, for the, my, my, my last five years there. And Coach Stewart is a guy that was a father figure to me. He was like a brother, uh, a mentor. Um, he was a guy that didn't hold any punches. He didn't sugarcoat anything. Um, he let me, I mean, he coached me. He saw the ability that I had um, when I played on special teams. He saw the toughness. And then when he had an opportunity to coach me as a receiver, um, understanding that Jerry Rice was still uh, doing great things on the football field, um, he basically saw that I could be just as good as Jerry, if not better or greater than Jerry. And so he pushed me to the limits. I mean, there were times I, I said I, I remember vividly, you know, when we were traveling uh, to and from uh, different stadiums or what have you, we would be walking at the, in the airport and he would pull me to the side and, and he basically just, you know, told me like, you know, you got a, you got a, a, a great chance to be, be a great receiver one day. Just keep doing what you're doing. And, uh, and again, like I said, I respected that, you know, wholeheartedly. Um, and again, he's one of the, one of the, the main guys, um, that I always remember, um, as far as the, the progression of, of me becoming the receiver that I did. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, Tio, I know you got to fly, but last one after you just told us that great story about George Stewart, I love it. Do you have, and this is tough, but do you have a favorite moment that stands out for you? Because you'll talk about them when you're there in Canton. Do you have a favorite moment of your whole career that you just knew, wow, this is it. This is awesome. Um, Yeah, you mean favorite, favorite uh, football play? Yeah, or, favorite football uh, play. Um, I, I think this would probably be shocking to a lot of people. I mean, knowing that I caught a lot of touchdowns, but I think really kind of what set me apart is really just me establishing a presence on the field. That, and that's, you know, you, you, you talk about when you watch basketball, you see guys, you know, uh, you hear Mark Jackson or, or Van Gundy talking about guys, you know, making an impact move and they don't necessarily have to have the ball. Uh, you make, you, you make an impact with or without the ball. And I think that's what I did when I played football, understanding that, yeah, catching touchdowns and making plays um those are you know those are good attributes of uh 
uh, of a receiver. But it's it's one play that really sticks in sticks out in my mind because when I left Chattanooga and I was in the draft, you know, being a speedster, being being a real fast guy was not you know, at the top of uh, one of those uh, those weakness and strength lists of a lot of these gyms when they start, you know, uh, trying to uh, uh, categorize uh, their, their talent. Um, so when you talk about speed and strength and uh, uh, length, those are some of the things that, that, that I possess, but speed wasn't one of those. So to get to my story, um, we played the New York Jets um, and, and, and uh, Candlestick. We went into overtime. Um, Garrison Hurst um, took off for a 96-yarder uh, touchdown, and you know, I was backside of the play, and I came from the backside, and um, like I said, I, I helped him, I helped spring him uh, to, to to score the touchdown. I came way from the backside and sprinted to get in in, in the in the in the way and block some guys, and and that was one of the plays that that really kind of sticks out in my mind when you talk about you know just being being a player that 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 works and, and it's advantageous to you uh, working without the football. I love it. Thanks for sharing that story, Tio. Congratulations on the Hall of Fame and everything else that you got going on. We'll watch and see if you jump back into the NFL. Uh, we appreciate it. All right, appreciate it. Thank you so much. Fantasy football. Can't you feel it? Do you already have your draft set? Meaning, do you know where you're going draft day? Uh, it's such a big deal for so many people. It's a big deal for me, especially when you're juggling a couple of teams. I've cut it down to three. Dan Klasgens joins us now. He's pro football-focused fantasy football writer, host of Fanatics on Sirius XM Fantasy. And, boy, there's a lot to look at, even at this time of year, as we get ready for training camps in the NFL to swing open. Hey, Dan, thanks for popping on. Kate, happy to join you. And yeah, it's definitely uh, 4th of July is usually my milestone where we take the switch and flip it on for some fantasy football. And, you know, degenerates like me, we've been drafting for months, but the rest of uh, <laughs> folks start joining in at this time. So, <laughs> so that, actually, that's a good thing to talk about. So as you say, the rest of us degenerates. But the, for people that are diving into this, and they're just trying to, you know, it's like when you're at the Jersey Shore, it's kind of still, it's cold, you know, it's, it's hot on the beach, but then you just put your foot in a little bit at a time, you're kind of walking into the water. So if you're walking into this, what should you be looking for right now to get yourself really primed for a draft? Yes, I think the the hot thing to do right now, they call them best ball leagues, Um MFL 10 is a key word in the industry here, but essentially it's like a mock draft, but you pay like $10 to do it so you can win a little bit of money. But the beautiful part of it is, is you don't have to make lineup decisions or waiver wire moves or trade. Basically the way these things work, you just have a draft and uh, at the end of the draft, you're done. You follow your team each week. The the software basically picks your best lineup and those are how Mm. you get your points. But it's great practice and a lot better than mock drafting because everybody in there has got a little scratch in the game. gives you something to follow. Uh, but even if you can't do that, mock drafts, the more practice, like anything, practice makes perfect. So I like trying to draft from different spots, checking out different ways to do it. And then you can see how things unfold. So when the real money's down and the stakes are high a little bit later in the draft season as we get into August and towards Labor Day, now you've been through it a few times, and especially if you're newer to fantasy, I think that's very important practice uh, to take under. 
Yeah, I agree with you. So if we look at some of the top trends with fantasy in fantasy with running backs, what are we looking at? Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, I'm an I'm an old guy. I'm you know, I've been I started it when I was back in high school. I, my first year was nineteen ninety. Back then it was running back, running back, running back, running back, the draft running backs until it's basically gone. In recent years we've seen receivers sort of take the forefront, but uh, after last season where you had so many uh, receivers disappoint, it, it, we, I, I'm looking at a lot of running backs going again early here. So running back is a position that you definitely need to get. Uh, you know, Most leagues are 12 teams, some are 10, maybe a few 14-teamers. But at the end of the day, if you're in a 12-team league, expect nine to 10 running backs to go off the board in round one. And if you don't get your first running back in them first 15, 20 picks of the draft, you're going to be hurting because – uh, after those nine or ten studs, it really falls off pretty quick at the position. Yeah, oh, I agree with you 100%. So you have to do that. If it's if you're saying 15 to 20, if you're not somewhere before that or there, you're really stuck because you're right. You start to look at the list, and there's a major drop-off. Yeah, and it's interesting this year too, Kate, uh, that you look at some of the guys at the top, and a couple names in particular – David Johnson of the Arizona Cardinals and Ezekiel Elliott of the Cowboys. Both of these guys did not get to play a full season last year. Obviously, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, everybody aware of his deal with the suspension. He finally served it. David Johnson with that wrist injury wiped out most of his 2017. And I think those are two guys that are probably going to be top five picks in most fantasy drafts, and rightfully so. But how will they do in their year back? Uh, Johnson, you know, now with a different quarterback, Sam Bradford, replacing Carson Palmer. Yeah, it's only a matter of time before he gets hurt, so it's going to be interesting to see. But I love some Ezekiel Elliott again this year. I mean, Cowboys, the Cowboys have a great line and not much else, so I, I look for them to just ride Ezekiel Elliott all day long, and that's going to equal a lot of volume. Not a lot of running backs get that type of volume. That's what makes him so valuable. Yeah, absolutely. He'd be my pick. Boom. That would be it for just the reasons you said. They put money into that offensive line like the Cowboys of the old. He'll get the running room, and he's going to get the ball a lot. Dak will definitely, as we've seen in the past, will use him, and I think we're going to see crazy numbers, maybe 19, maybe who knows? He could have a 2,000 yarder, that which would be phenomenal, but you're going to get at least, I'm going to say, 17, 18. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely going to get the yardage, and he's great at getting touchdowns. And touchdowns are a little harder to predict for guys like me. Uh, much easier to look at the carries, the yards per carry, how they're doing yards after contact, goal line, red zone yep. opportunities. Yep. Those things all come to the forefront, and all the stars align for uh, the Cowboys uh, running back in those in those metrics. Yeah, you mentioned quarterbacks, you know, and talking about Bradford and David Johnson with the new quarterback having to deal with Bradford uh, with Carson Palmer gone. Fantasy quarterbacks, who would be your top quarterbacks that you would choose if you had a pretty high number to go for? Would you pick a quarterback first? Well, here's the thing. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind when you talk about who the top quarterback is, it's Aaron Rodgers, hands yep. down. But that said... I mean, in most leagues, only one quarterback is in your starting lineup, which is interesting. I mean, they have other leagues where it's two, they call them super flex or two quarterback leagues where it's a little different, but 90% of the leagues out there are more. You have just a one quarterback, and if there's only 12 teams in the league, there's 32 NFL teams. So do the math here. I mean, only 12 quarterbacks are in a fantasy starting lineup in each league each week. That means there are 20 quarterbacks that are starting for NFL teams those weeks where there aren't any buys. They aren't even in fantasy lineups. So 
the idea of waiting on a quarterback has been a strategy that I have employed for decades and with much success. And I'm not like I'm a unique in this regard. It's pretty popular to wait around on quarterbacks. The key is knowing where these quarterbacks are going to be drafted. It's an average draft position. If you're in a high stakes league or in there with guys that are a little more experienced, expect the quarterbacks to last a little longer. A lot of hometown league, you might see some two, three, four quarterbacks go off in the first two rounds. Regardless, I advise folks, wait around, be one of the last couple owners in your league to get a quarterback. You're still going to get a guy like a Matthew Stafford, who's been rock solid and steady over years, maybe as the 10th quarterback off the board. Uh, and then yeah, get, get some of these younger guys. I like Marcus Mariota as a late guy. Patrick mm. Mahomes now taking over for Alex Smith. And Kansas City is a guy that is a good second quarterback with some upside, but I'm going to wait on that fantasy signal caller as long as I can. Don't wait too long, but definitely don't be the first guy in your league to take one. Yeah, we're speaking with Dan Class, Jen's pro football uh, fantasy football writer, host of the Fantastics. It's Fantastics, right? I listen to fantastics rather. Yeah, of course, uh, hello, fantastic statistics. Not fantastics. Fantastics are fantastic. That's like a tongue it is a a twister. It is. It is. <laughs> it is. I realize I listen to this show on Sirius XM. It's like we're on Sirius XM 205. Um, so that's a good plug for it. Where can people catch you on Sirius XM? Yeah, weekend mornings, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. It is fantastics insider football, and that is. Uh, Series 210, XM87, Series 210, of course, uh, the Series XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Great shows there seven days a week and a very busy time of the year on the channel, obviously, with football. But, uh, you know, I do think, going back to just in, in general about the quarterback thing, another thing to keep in mind, too, uh, for beginners or, or players that are newer to fantasy, look for quarterbacks that get some rushing stats because, Derek Carr is a perfect example with the Raiders. I mean, decent quarterback by NFL standards. Obviously, they paid him like he's one of the best. But the guy literally gets nothing on the ground. And that really hurts because one point equals 20 to 20. Uh, every 20 to 25 yards passing equals one point. Every 10 yards rushing equals a point. So, you know, a quarterback that runs for 50 yards and gets a touchdown rushing is, you know, basically that's almost like double the passing stats. So, that's why I like Cam Newton a lot. I mean, he always has those big numbers. Deshaun yes. Watson, if he's healthy, he's going to be a sexy pick for those reasons. So look for quarterbacks that can pick up some yards on the ground as well. Yeah. So here, here's my, uh, here's the deal. Here's my final question. It's so important. Well, no, I have, I have one and a half questions left. So who would be your top <laughs> five fantasy picks today? Yeah. In a draft today, I think I, along with every other analyst in America and some form, fashion, or order. I think the top two picks are Todd Gurley and Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell is probably the more common answer. I go with Gurley, number one. He's a little younger. Love the upside. Think Sean McVay is one of the more innovative play callers in this Mm -hmm. league. Pittsburgh, not as many weapons and as much depth, but, you know, so I will take either one of those guys. And then the two guys I talked about, I think Ezekiel Elliott comes in number three on my list, followed closely by David Johnson. The real question is at number five, and I'm sticking with running backs. I'm going with Alvin Kamara. This guy had one of the best rookie seasons we've ever seen. I think he's just getting started. And with Mark Ingram, his countermate uh, in that backfield in New Orleans, on a four-game suspension to start this season, I look for him to get off to a fast start and just keep on riding. I love me some Alvin Kamara there and rounding out that top five. 
I love it. So, Dan, I wrote a book called Invade the Man Cave because, um, let's face it, I've really deal, I've dealt with men most of my life. I used to fly with the Dallas Cowboys. I've, uh, you know, interviewed 15,000 people, a big chunk of them men. So I definitely understand invading the man cave. And I talk about all sports in this. Fantasy is huge. There's no doubt. Any of the man caves I go in, we're talking about fantasy football in particular. Do you find that women now are more interested in fantasy, too? Because there's a lot of female interest in the NFL. Oh, absolutely. And that's funny, Kate, because my wife is a marriage counselor slash therapist, and she's been wanting to get a she shed in the backyard (laughs) to counteract my man cave. So I'm wondering how I can invade that after we get it built. But in terms of female and fantasy, it's huge out there. I mean, first of all, the NFL says 48% of their – base is female uh, and fantasy sports is the reason it's the fastest rising uh, you know sector out there as well i believe one out of five teams in, in fantasy football somewhere close to that are now owned by females i think the difference from the business sense the average female player has you know one and a half teams average male players probably playing more like six to seven but i will tell you this uh they are as female i find that when i'm in leagues with females they are way more competitive, talk a lot more smack, and certainly uh, those losses sting a little bit harder. But uh, I, I'm, I love getting engaged uh, in conversation with them. They're very passionate fans. And, you know, going back to my wife, they've been running a all-female league since I started in the industry back in 2003. And I always love going to those drafts because I don't, I, I've learned not to give advice or say anything because especially when I give it to my wife if I'm wrong, it has some consequences, but it's a lot of fun uh, playing in there with, with your friends. And it's definitely uh, interesting when you get in there with sisters and, and spouses and, and all the, uh, even, you know, moms. I've got a buddy of mine who plays in the league with his mom, and, yeah, she loves beating up on his friends. So it, it is a lot of fun, and I'm, I'm glad to see that it's being embraced by so many. I love it. Check out the Fantastics on Sirius XM, All Fantasy Baby 210. Dan, thanks so much for joining us. Anytime, Kate, and uh, thank you for having me. Have a great rest of your show and uh, a fine rest of your weekend. Thanks, you too, Dan. Questions. So what summer jobs can be helpful and harmful to your mental health? We're continuing the conversation with Dr. John Huber from Mainstream Mental Health. So, Doc, I got to tell you my two stories. So ready? Here's my two stories. And you can tell me. I want you to guess which one was helpful and which was harmful. When I was so ambitious, sounds familiar, that I was just going to make all this extra money for um, college. And I was 17 and I worked in a doctor's office during the day. And then I had a job at night, which was about an hour away. I went with one of my friends to a huge amusement park called Great Adventure in North Jersey. I grew up just over the bridge from Philly. So we had a drive to Great Adventure. And, you know, I was probably, I don't know, 98 pounds dripping wet. Those were the days when I could down five hoagies and gain no weight. And so um, so they looked at me and they said, well, you would be, you know, what's your favorite ride? Well, I like, you know, when you're in the sky and you're, 
you're cruising around in the in the um, you know on the wire and and the gondolas and you're going across the park and they said fantastic. So I had my outfit on, you know, my shorts and my top that they give you to wear. And what they had me do was these gondolas would come down from doing their little tour around the park and they'd have families in them, really nice ride. But then they would come down so fast at the end, you had to grab the outside of it and use your feet sort of as a break to cushion the fall. And so they used me as that person. Yeah, 98 pounds. So I'm trying, and these poor families are petrified. Within two hours, they they decided they would move me to something else I'd be more suited for. And guess what that was? That was the bumper cars where you have bolts of lightning that are flying out, sparks scaring me to death. And I'm on top of someone's car driving around on the top of it, uh, you know, holding on to the back for dear life. So that was one job I had. And then I was at another time, not too long after that, I was a caddy at Woodcrest Country Club. So a caddy, like think Caddy Shack or Caddies You See walking around. Mm-hmm. And I'm still that 98, 100 pounds or so. And the bags probably weigh about 50 pounds. I'm carrying the heavy bag on my back to go out and, um, you know, clean off the balls when they go in the cup after someone's played or set up the tee or do any of that kind of stuff. What I found at the end of it is the tips were really good. Like you'd get 50 to 100 bucks. So I started to think, hey, it's exercise. I'm getting tan. This thing is killing Mm -hmm. my back until I picked up someone's ball when I wasn't supposed to do it. So then that wasn't such a fun experience. So those were my two jobs. I don't know. Were either one of them helpful or were they both harmful to my mental health? (laughs) Well, I think the amusement park, when as surprising as it may seem, is probably uh, a risk for most people uh, for those types of, of reasons. And, and especially if you're in one of those where you have to dress up in those costumes to play characters. Now, for a lot of kids, those characters are, you know, a homecoming of sorts. They've been watching them on television and watching the movies, and they finally get to meet, you know, Pluto or whatever character it is, you know. And But for the teens, the young adults in those costumes, you know, it's 100-and-something degrees out there, and then you're carrying around 40 or 50 pounds of fur that's wrapped around your body, cutting off all the air circulation. It can be quite a traumatic experience with other teens who are poking fun at you and some of the kids are afraid of you and it's not all peaches and cream and I remember my son was about 20 months old and he'd finished or stopped breastfeeding around 16 and we were in an amusement park and here comes Cinderella with her nice shoulderless dress and my son's all smiles and it's 103, 104 and she bends down and he's thinking, hey, it's dinner time. And he reaches <gasps> up and it was a shock for everybody. Oh, <laughs> oh that story is crazy. Oh, that's brutal. Harmful <laughs> to your mental health. Oh, oh. oh my, my son didn't have a problem with it. He's good. <laughs> oh, of course he didn't. Oh, that set him on the course. Oh, my gosh. That is crazy, crazy, crazy. So, you know, a lot of people are doing this. See, if we go inside the man cave, if we invade the man cave, a lot of guys are good with the side hustle jobs. But what are some of the good summer jobs? What are the ones that are helpful? How do you determine if it's helpful for you? Actually, you know, that that, that caddy job is a good one. It's one of them that gets you outside. It keeps you physically fit. 
it, especially for someone going to college or back to high school, it's one of those things that, hey, there's a reason why I'm going back to school because I don't want to have to be doing this at 55. Right. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it, it's interesting, though. You get out there in the sunlight and your skin is an organ, talking about mental health. Your skin is an organ. It makes vitamin D. And when it does that, it, it uses sunlight to break down different molecules in your body. The waste products from that vitamin D actually penetrate your blood-brain barrier, which protects you from viruses and stuff and keep you from getting viruses in your brain that can be you know, very detrimental. But those waste products go through that membrane, and your brain uses those to make your neurotransmitters like dopamine, serotonin, norepinephrine. So getting out and getting sunlight can actually fight a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety, and things like that. So it's twofold. You're getting physically fit. You're getting emotionally fit because your body's able to to get itself in tip-top condition neurotransmitter-wise as well as physical-wise. And then it sets you in motion for, hey, if I want to be one of the guys tipping the caddies and be able to afford that, I need my education. So outdoors, lifeguarding, that type of stuff, caddying, that can be very beneficial for you. Yeah, so I like that. And I I like what you said about being out there in the sunlight. So that's like even those construction jobs for people listening, right? You get a construction job, you where even where yeah. they're moving the signs, whatever, it doesn't have to be that it's killing you, but they can be good side jobs. Exactly. In fact, for for my first master's degree every summer, I worked highway construction out here in Texas, and I was up at 5 out on the road by 5:30. And I was getting home eight thirty nine o'clock, working six, seven days a week. And, man, I was ready for grad school. But the beauty of it was I had a good tan. And I actually put money in the bank because I wasn't out spending. I couldn't. I, there was, I had no time. Yeah, I think that's part of it. If you save money and you watch some of that money grow, that makes you feel good then by the time you're, it's all oh, said yeah. and done with that side hustle. What do you have to be careful for where it could be harmful to your mental health? Well, again, those types of things where you feel trapped in those costumes uh, and yeah. it's hot and you're getting picked on. Uh, believe it or not, if you are working for someone in the outdoors, it can be detrimental, especially if you don't have much input in it and you're just kind of an automaton. You're unloading, for example, hay all day from the same you know loading dock into a platform, and that's all you do all day long. And your brain wanders and you start, you know, talking to yourself and getting upset, frustrated, you're there, you're not, you know. So if you're going to be outside, you need something that will stimulate you mentally as well. And like lifeguarding or caddying, when they may even ask you, what what club do you think I should use or how far is that? You have to use your judging of this distance to tell how far the flag is. Those types of things that cause you to do mental as well as physical work are beneficial. But digging a ditch all day long, uh, may not be for you. Yeah, and there's no harm in that. If you're doing especially a side hustle gig, you know, where you're feeding feeding yourself to get to college, to get to another degree oh, yeah. or whatever, just look around for another one, right? Exactly. And, you know, I, I, have, I had a client for a long time, and he actually worked at, at, at a cemetery taking care of the plots and everything else. And his idea was, you know, he, he had lost close family members. And he took it as an honor to be able to help and take care of other families deceased because he wanted somebody to do that to him when he finally passes. And he took a lot of pride in it. It was a very good job for him. Uh, but he had, you know, 
college students and high school students who would come and work for them. And it wasn't necessarily a good job for them. If they were getting called out at night for some reason, maybe there was a, a college prank going on, it could be pretty scary and nerve-wracking. A lot of those kids couldn't really handle the, that type of thing. So uh, you have to be careful about where you're at personally and look at that type of job because – like you said, if you need that job where you have that opportunity to not think and you need that break, that could be the best job for you for the summer. Right. So it's just good to evaluate because you know yourself better than anyone else. So you can tell exactly. whether it works for you or not. And more importantly, socializing, you know, where are you getting that beer with the guys afterwards? <laughs> right. Well, you don't do it on you don't do it on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that doesn't work. <laughs> Got to think of something else. <laughs> That's well, funny. And it, it makes for a quiet bar when you're on Instagram drinking by yourself. Too. Oh, <laughs> boy. No kidding. Just as kind of a side note to you and for people listening for fun, I just, somebody sent me a thing 25 beers that changed America. And the number one of the number one beers on there for all the guys listening was Yingling. I love Yingling because I'm from Philadelphia. You know when they first brewed that sucker, Dr. John? 1829. No. Yeah, 1829. No he said it survived uh, a lot, including the Civil War and Prohibition. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, I've, one of my favorite places to drink beer is McSorley's in New York City, 1854. And yes. And they have two types of beer there, light and dark. <laughs> I love Period. that. That's it's it. That's easy. Light or dark, dark, Doc? Which one do you like? Which beer would you like? All right. Always fun to talk to you, Dr. John Huber. Check him out, MainstreamHealth.org. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kate. Yeah, absolutely. He gave us something to think about. Uh, first of all, the breweries that you're going to. But seriously, those jobs and why you're in those jobs, you know, getting that sunlight or doing something where you don't have to dress up <laughs> and feel foolish. I know you can relate. Invade the man cave. Here we come. Next week, Best Sports Cities, sports broadcaster and Dancing with the Stars co-host Aaron Andrews, a famous billionaire on overcoming the long odds in business. Kate Delaney, see you next time on Invade the Man Cave. Man Cave, Man Cave, Man Cave. Man Cave. Man Cave. Man Cave.